1: welcome to Cavs the podcast i'm with uh colin mcgowan uh blast from the past here and uh david wood and we are just uh sitting down there's about eight minutes and 30 seconds left in the thunder and warriors uh game seven uh oklahoma city's up by four and tom pestek has informed me he is convinced there is a zero percent chance the thunder are winning this game so uh what what about you, Colin? Uh, do you think the Thunder have any shot at winning this game?
0: Well, just from watching it, like they're once again doing that thing where what? OK, uh, Golden State didn't score for, I think, about six or seven minutes there, somewhere in like the second quarter. And they opened up, I think, like a nine point lead. And I just thought, oh, this is bad. Like they, they need to be up by more once Golden State start right. hitting games. They have a fragility to them. They, they can win. it. They're, they're right there. Oklahoma City.
1: They do, and they they are what uh, David Griffin described earlier in this season as not galvanized by success, and on the court they seem to, like, the more they get up, the more they feel like, oh, I can just take this throwaway three-point shot that has, you know, about a 5% chance of scoring here. And, and Russ Westbrook, that's kind of his stock in trade, and, like, if he could take that out of his game, he'd be amazing, but you, you can't t- He can't take that out of his game. That's just who he is.
0: Yeah, and, and unlike Golden State's throwaway shots that have like a 30% chance of yeah, going exactly. in. <laughs> you know, exactly. Rush Russ shouldn't, shouldn't take open threes, let alone really difficult Yeah, ones, I mean, the only succeed. shots
1: Rush should take from three-point line are those ones that are like last probably six seconds left in the shot clock. Catch and shoot, there's no better option. You know, it's still a decent shot, not a great shot. <laughs> But these ones that are just off the dribble, I'm just, oh, I'm just going to throw this up here. He took one of those in the second, and I, I was like, it's over. That You can't just throw away possessions like that. So, David, uh, do, you, do the Thunder have a shot?
2: I think the Thunder are going to win it. I, I do, too. But yeah, I want to hear your reason. Like the Warriors of it, so... Clay just started making shots that last quarter, but the Warriors are just, they rely on that type of thing too much. Like, you can't rely on a guy having to go off for every game to win, and um, their time's just going to end at some point. I think it'll be the series, probably.
1: <laughs> that some point could be 2017, but at well, some point it will
2: end. You just watch the Thunder's defense, and like, yeah, they are getting beat, but at the same time, they recover so quickly after they double-team step and they just yeah. make the Warriors have
1: to work really hard for everything yeah my I really think the Thunder have been the better team for the six games and then they just threw away that uh, that game six uh, with just some really boneheaded play at the end of the game and I, I really do think they're the better ma- they match up better with the Warriors but I'm not convinced the Thunder... You know, I still... I'm picking them. I think they can win this game, but the game is close in the last two minutes. I don't know if the Thunder are... are steely-eyed enough to win, I guess, is the way I'd put it. So I don't know. Um, As far as... So one of the things we've been talking about a ton, and I know you have a vested interest in this, Colin, and we haven't seen him yet in the third quarter, but uh, the evolution of Dion Waiters, who... I think has really kind of found himself in this uh in this playoff series and it's really been fun to watch not in just this series but in the in this year's playoffs he's kind of become a very effective player taking out of his game the maddening things he used to do and
0: concentrating
1: on the things he does really well
0: yeah, he's a, he's a better uh, passer around the bucket than I think we ever saw with the Cavs. Or at least we just didn't see enough of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's well. we all knew he had to cut out the pull-up 18-footers. That's just ridiculous. It's a terrible right. shot, and he's not good at taking them.
1: Right. And the, the other part about being that passer around the basket is Oklahoma City has much, much, much better finishers. Yeah, did yeah. That's yeah, it, yeah, at, yeah. That's, I mean, with LeBron, obviously, you know, LeBron a great finisher, but they weren't putting the ball in Deion Waiter's hands at that point. Uh, he was he was more of an off-ball player, and then when we saw him in his you know the better part of his first two years, when he, the best center he was playing with was Tristan Thompson, who at that point was not a good finisher. Um, it, it he has a lot more confidence in the guys he's playing with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Tristan. It took him what four or five years to stop bringing the ball down every time he caught it, and he still does here and there. But he's, he's a yeah. little bit better about it now. Whereas Steven Adams, if he's got and he's got really nice hands, he just goes up with it real quick and flushes it. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, uh, the game is tied. So, um, what, David, any uh, anything you've noticed from Dion that has changed a lot since his Cavalier stint?
2: Uh, he's way more patient now. Like, but, because he's always been able to get in the lane, but he would just do it so recklessly with the Cavs that he couldn't, like, he wouldn't even have, have the time to make a pass or anything. And now, like, he, he like, takes his time and kind of surveys the floor. I mean, he, he realizes he'll get the ball back, so he passes more, which is nice to see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think he does that thing of, like, okay, there's... This isn't a good decision. I'm just going to pass it out and wait for a better opportunity, which he never had before. Also, his defense has become, at times, very tenacious. Um, the He competes hard. He doesn't get beat by the scouting report that often. And the limited role certainly helps him, too. I don't know... He, if he would be nearly as effective as a starter But as the kind of a six man Off the bench it's kind of the perfect role for him
0: And it's also It's worked out for OKC For the most part usually Either he or Roberson Kind of have it going a little bit yeah. So he can you know he can uh, Play 15 minutes one night and 28 the next Right,
1: right Exactly um, And I'm uh, I'm roberson's an interesting player too but and that's my big fear with him is he's missed some absolutely wide open layups this game and that like if he can just be an average offensive player he he's a big bonus on the court but when he's just not good on offense and and blowing wide open layups and you can play 10 feet off him that's when the thunder are really vulnerable and, and the other thing that's happened is Deion Waiters and Roberson. This has really happened in the last month of the season into the playoffs. There were times during this year, you know, Zach Lowe uh, and some other guys talk about Deion Waiters Island. And uh, now you, you can't get off Deion Waiters Island.
2: Did you guys just see that play with Dion? Uh,
1: uh, The block? Yeah, that was nice It was yeah. Um, yeah, he just had a block of a, of a layup But it, it it's really seemed to just have happened all of a sudden Because he was not this good in the regular season for a lot of it And maybe he just finally figured it out Or the Thunder kind of figured it out as a team But there's something the Thunder are also, clicked
0: The Thunder are also just They've just been a different team for the last three weeks or so I don't know, not there's just, just some sad. kind of magic going on with them
1: yeah, and I don't get it. Like, everybody was talking about... It, it all seemed to start, for me, with that crazy inbounds play where Deion Waiters head-butted... Uh, Deion yeah, Waiters no flummoxed
0: players. the referees into not making a call.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, man, that was one of the nuttier plays I've ever seen, too. But um, and, and kind of, like, everything I love about just the undescribability and the unexpectedness of basketball, of things that can happen all in one play, you know, <laughs> and, and how in some ways it's impossible to officiate. It, that, that was that, that idea in a nutshell. But I, I kind of felt like that game really galvanized that team. And they haven't... They've been a really, really dominant team since that game, so... It, it'll be interesting to see, as they are now down three to the the Warriors, because I'm trying not to do play-by-play, but it's hard. But we've been we've been doing a lot of our podcasts on uh, Sunday night, and of course tonight it's Monday night. But it seems like we've been running into games at the same time, so we've kind of devolved into doing this kind of half half commentary as the games are going on. But uh, is there anything else that you're seeing from uh, this Warriors Thunder series, David, that uh, scares you or? Who do you who do you want? Do you want the Warriors?
2: Oh, no, I think I want the, I want the Thunder because the Thunder's defense I think is more beatable than the Warriors. It's just a bad matchup right now in the series. It's like the Warriors have kind of have an issue of penetrating into the paint when their shots aren't falling, and uh, the Cavs would be able to get in the paint pretty easy. I think against the Thunder, like Irving could take Westbrook off the dribble, and LeBron kind of owns Durant.
1: I, I don't know if Irving's taking Westbrook off the dribble. I think locked in Westbrook is is pretty good, but he does gamble a lot. So yeah, he, he goes for that steal. He Irving's by him. I'm it, not, sorry. Go ahead.
2: It's it's almost as if the Cavs defense like they do rely on threes, but at the same time they can go to like maybe Kyrie just getting hot and getting to the rim a bunch, or LeBron getting hot and just posting up. And the Warriors just don't have that. They look so beatable when the three point shot isn't falling, which during the season, like it seemed like they'd never ever not have it falling. But now it's just they look like a normal team at
0: times. I think that's partially because Draymond hasn't been very good in this series. No, he hasn't. He's he's he was you know one of the best uh, the 10, 12 players in the league during the regular season, and he's just been kind of pretty mediocre most of the se- most of the series.
1: Yeah, he, he definitely has. And part of it, I think, is that that Ibaka negates a lot of things that Draymond does well defensively. Like, Ibaka's kind of like that perfect new world power forward that just blocks shots and can finish on the break and hits open threes. Like, he's not a guy that has to go inside to beat you. And that's kind of where Draymond Green excels. Uh, you know, because he can get a body into the defender and that lets him get his defensive rebounding position. And I, I, I feel like a flummoxes him a little and, and Adams is just so much bigger than he is, uh, when he matches up on Adams,
0: but yeah, yeah he's, he has he's been, one of those. No, no, go ahead, David.
2: Um, well, I don't, I don't think green's used to having, he doesn't have as much space as he used to when, uh, like, when the Thunder double-team Curry, they recover so quickly, and Green has to make his decisions a lot quicker when they dump the ball off to him. It just seems like he's not able to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, like, he can do it against mainline NBA defenders, but when he goes up against an elite defense, he the he doesn't quite have the same ability. The, yeah, like... The,
2: the game's just, faster. Yeah, they're like a second quicker than everyone, and they all have really long arms.
1: They like, do, which, they... They're Which makes really a difference. Right? Like when they were playing the Spurs, I was just amazed at how they just seemed like a swarm on defense. I've never seen a team defend the Spurs as well as the Thunder did this year. But uh, is there any. So, Colin, who, as a Cavs fan, who would you rather see in the finals?
0: I'd, I'd rather see the Thunder. Um, the problem is if they hit the level that they hit when they were. In OKC against Golden State, it won't matter. But they'll beat the Cavs too. But I mean, this Warriors team is a juggernaut. You know, yeah. just just playing the odds. There's a there are better odds that the Cavs are going to outplay the Thunder for four games than outplay the Golden State.
1: I will agree with you, and I think that that home field too is a uh, is not to be un, un uh, overlooked uh, against either of these teams. And if you can if you can get that home field. That, that helps you that much more. I mean, that's probably like a, ten percent advantage in the series at least. And and it's both these teams, the margin of error is very low. It, it seems like. So yeah, yeah I, I kind of want the Thunder too, but and another, also you gotta
0: you gotta beat Golden State.
1: Uh, the Thunder might give you a game or two. Yeah, the Golden State is not gonna beat themselves. The Thunder are very capable of beating themselves, which we saw in Game Six. And speaking of beating themselves, uh, I kind of want, uh, you guys' opinions of, uh, games three and four in, uh, in the Raptors-Cavs series. Uh, and, and I read your piece on, uh, the spectacular nonsense of, uh, Cavs-Raptors, Colin, but, uh. And that was after Game Three, and Game Four felt a little bit different for me. But
0: no, it was after it was after Game Four. Oh, okay. It was, uh, uh, yeah, there were two two going back to, to yeah. I did the Cavs just
1: let their foot off the gas for a couple games? Is that uh, all it was?
0: I mean, I can't really explain it. Part of it was um, DeRozan was playing great. He was just making difficult sixteen footers. Uh, he, he was he was torching Jr yeah um and I thought jr was um I, I didn't think he was playing him great but I mean he was for the most part kind of keeping in front of him and, and Demar was just hitting difficult shots but um yeah I, I don't I don't know what the hell happened um love was really bad for two games he just missed shots oh
1: he was terrible yeah um
0: I mean really Kyrie was, wasn't great yeah well those two games you, if you kind of break it down and, and think about it it's really one and a half games Yeah, and then the Cavs outplayed them in the in the second half of game four but I don't know why they didn't show up for the first half of game three they played just as badly as they did yeah, or, or in the first half of game four they played just as badly as their first game in Toronto and I sort of don't understand it
1: it, it was almost like they were waiting to flip the switch and waiting for someone to kind of make a play and it it never really happened. And then somebody, okay, I've got to be the one to make the play now. Like, everybody seemed like they are waiting on someone else to make the effort. And and Kyrie Irving uh, had had a really hard time guarding Lowry those games. And Lowry's just a different player at home. He's so much, especially in the playoffs. I, I watched it a lot in that Miami series. It's like he's either got it going, and he, he has it going more often at home, or he's just He's just ice cold. And I I think part of that is that small guard thing. Uh, When you're a small guard and you're not hitting your jump shots, it makes it so much easier to lay off, and you're you're not going to beat your guy with size. And if you can lay off a step or two, then the the size advantage helps a ton. And the other thing I saw, excuse me, um, was that uh, the... (sighs) how do I put this? The Cavs seem to be expecting DeMar DeRozan to miss mid range shots or miss a enough of them that the Cavs would stay in it. And in Toronto, he just didn't do that. Uh, those mid range shots were just there and the Cavs weren't fighting through screens and he just made them. And then, you know, the last two games, the Cavs just, I hate to use the cliche, took it to another level, uh, David, I mean, what did you see between games 2 and 3 and games, I'm sorry, games 3 and 4 and games 5 and 6?
2: I mean, I just thought that Toronto kind of, they figured out the Cavs a little bit, that they can't give them every single, uh, <laughs> like, three-pointer because they're just going to get blown out. But they just played a more reasonable defense, and the Cavs weren't expecting it. And I didn't really panic at all, honestly. And then the Cavs kind of just righted themselves, defending DeMar. That was probably the biggest thing, because you had LeBron, you had LeBron go on to Demar much more, and he was just kind of switching every single chance. And then in that game, I think five, <laughs> Jr. played on Demar a little more. But then when LeBron was on him, he actually played him.
1: Yeah, and he right. went through, he fought through the screens. Yeah, rather and they than didn't just seem to off. run as many screens for Demar to uh, the, the or the uh, Raptors, seemed to really get away from their offense in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, the the other thing was, uh, Biombo was awesome in Toronto and really ordinary in Cleveland. Absolutely,
1: and and by the time that they got back to Toronto for Game Six, the the momentum was just with the Cavs, and, and Biombo played well, but the Cavs just had too much momentum. It, it just felt like their game, you know, from the tip.
0: Well, it was it was what Game Four should have been, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, they they showed up and were like, okay, let's let's take care of business here. If we can just kind of, you know, get through the the first quarter and the first sort of blast of adrenaline, Toronto were just way better than there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing that was amazing about that series, and it's been amazing about the playoffs in general, is I don't want to call it an evolution of LeBron James, but he's shooting the least amount of shots he's shot in the playoffs his entire career and he's almost become that like hyper you know just unbelievably incredible Draymond green when he rolls in he gets that four on three action and it's it's unstoppable.
0: He just makes the right play every time. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. He re- he's rarely settling for that right wing jumper that seems to have no chance of going in. And and yeah, I mean he, you're surround. He's surrounded with an unbelievable amount of really good shooters. So as as I watch and the the Warriors seem to be pulling away up Ooh. eleven.
2: Oh yeah, that's getting bad. So, uh, with the LeBron thing, like, I was looking at the stats the other day, and he's moving off the ball even more than he did, like, the last month of the season. It's crazy because he's he's actually handling, like, his total possession time for the ball is up, but, like, his number of dribbles is down. And, like, he's he's getting more post-touches. So, he's obviously, he's still getting the ball, but he's just making decisions with it. He's not holding him as much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's also important because Kyrie is not going to not stop the ball. So (laughs) not going to
1: not stop the ball. A a phrase you couldn't even say in Spanish. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So it's important that uh, the offense doesn't have two ball stoppers, you know.
1: Oh, my Lord. So Anderson Vergeau just made three straight awesome plays for the Warriors. (laughs) Which is like one of those things is like, it it makes me happy and makes me angry at the same time
0: (laughs) well I think this is him emptying out the nitrous tank (laughs) yeah exactly Oh, I I just saw that play that was great
1: (laughs) exactly yes he just well of course it was on Ennis Cantor so that it doesn't mean as much as it might on you know a competent NBA defender
0: Cantor's not that bad
1: he's not that good either yeah but it's against Vergeau
0: Vergeau's a nice finisher around the room yeah. Yeah. Who has been really nifty, <laughs> nifty finishes? You're, if you're standing
2: back in the paint kind of expecting him to bring the ball in, it's a little different.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> back to the uh, the Raptors a little bit. Um, the future of the Raptors, David, is, is this a team that is on the rise or have they kind of peaked?
2: Uh, I think the Raptors have peaked. But just being a Cavs fan, there was like a point in time where I would have killed to just be what the Raptors are now. Mm. And sometimes that's just what your team is. And I think they should kind of just be content with what they have. Maybe let DeRozan walk and then just hang out in the East. (laughs) Like they'll probably get they'll be a five or six seed for like pretty easily, even if DeRozan walks, and then just see what happens because. The East is kind of like closed up unless someone from the West comes over here. But it feels like the Cavs are going to have a couple more years where they just walk through. I
1: I uh, I don't know, Colin. Uh, w- what about you? Do you think the wraps have peaked?
0: Yeah, I, I think this team. I mean, it's it's a real shame because I I I like them. You know, I just I like it. it DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry kind of have a little bit of like a Statler and Waldorf thing going on in like post-game interviews um, and they're very likable um, I'm glad that Kyle Lowry in particular has kind of found a home finally after yeah, being he's, tagged as kind of a jerk and a and he's not, I think he's just a little bit of a weird guy Yeah, Toronto might be the perfect city for him yeah, um, and I I don't know. I mean, Masai uh, Ujiri, the the Raptors GM, said that uh, DeRozan's a like a number one priority. Like, they're go- they're going to lock him back up. I don't know if that's just rhetoric, so that if he you know if he walks, they'll have some kind of excuse. But um, I don't know. They 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 probably did peak this year. This is probably about as good as they are. Um, but the alternative is is blowing it up which is like that sounds miserable you know this and is they a, don't
1: really have like any they don't have the kind of assets to get them elite assets to rebuild
0: quickly yeah and their and their fans love them and you know right. you, I guess you never know what happens in the playoffs so i i don't think anyone in toronto would be unhappy with seeing this team run out there for the next two or three years
1: yeah i mean one of the things that uh, is 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 interesting as well as Bismack Biombo, also an unrestricted free agent, and uh, Ben Worth, who who writes for us, uh, has said all season that the Raptors play much better with Biombo at center than they do with Valanciunas at center, and part of that is because he sets better screens. The guards for the Raptors aren't worried about feeding the post all the time; they can run pick and roll. And that is just a better fit, but they've got they've got Valanciunas under contract. They don't seem to have any um, impetus to trade him, and it doesn't seem like you can s- commit a very in today's NBA that you could commit 30 million dollars to your center spot between two players, and maybe the number is more like 25 million. But with this new salary cap. Neither of those guys can play power forward, so it almost yeah, and they, like and they can't shoot. Go if Valanchunas can maybe shoot out to twelve feet, but yeah, yeah, but not not he's not a, yeah.
0: a four spacer, you know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, so one of them's got to go, and I, my opinion, if I were them, I would try to re-sign Biombo and move Uh, just because letting Valanchu, or letting Biombo walk and getting nothing for him, is, you're going backwards as a team, but uh, I guess we'll see what they do. Um, David, what do you think Biombo's going to... I mean, Biombo clearly made himself a lot of money in that series. What do you think his contract number gets to? Uh, I
2: think he's going to get close. Probably 17.
1: 17 million a year?
2: Oh, God. Yeah, teams are dumb. Teams are really dumb.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the max salary is, what, $24 million for a... Uh, yeah, I, for him.
0: Man, okay. I, I know the numbers are all blown out of proportion, but, like, wasn't Joe Kim-Noah in his prime making, like, $12 million a year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, he should, he should make $12 million, but can't you see the Mavericks or someone? Like, the, the Mavericks being smart would be offering Bismack that money instead of Boy Howard.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard is a guy that, you know, when are the wheels going to fall off the wagon? <laughs> so, yeah, and if I was a team, I'd be calling the Raptors about Valanchunas. But I, I'm not convinced he's that good of a player in today's NBA. I, I'm not sure how many teams you can play him against. So, um, and, and be good and win consistently. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels like the Raptors have peaked a little bit. I mean, they're a hard team to get free agents to go to. The one thing they kind of have in their favor, uh, DeMar Carroll had a really down year as a player. He was injured the whole season. And if he can kind of get back to the form that he was in Atlanta, you know, they they desperately need another wing that's that's good offensively. And he wasn't. Uh, he, he was the guy the Cavs were not afraid to leave in that series. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of see him being a second or third seed for a while. Uh, and the East, I don't know if it's going to change that much unless the Celtics, unless Bill Simmons get his, gets his wish and the Celtics get a major free agent. So
0: Yeah, there are all those Indiana Indiana rumors that maybe, maybe Paul George to L.A. and they, they remake the team with, with maybe L.A.'s draft pick and maybe like D'Angelo Russell or something, but... I'm not sure how much better that makes them. I think it just makes them kind of more interesting for the future. Right.
1: Right. I, I actually think Orlando is going to be a playoff team next year, getting Vogel and having a good young core.
0: Yeah, Vogel with that team. He'll he'll get them at least at seven or eight seed.
1: Yeah, I, that was a, a bizarre firing, but there was a lot of bizarre firings in the offseason. So so as as this series goes on... Um, it's looking like Golden State might be putting this game away here shortly. Um, who terrifies you on on the Warriors, David?
2: I mean, obviously Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, but I guess they shouldn't be the ones that terrify me because those two have to be going if they're going to beat the Cavs. It would probably be a guy like. If Iguodala is hitting his threes, or yeah. if Sean Livingston, if Sean Livingston can lead that second unit, they're pretty scary.
1: Well, NBA Finals MVP Andre Iguodala.
2: Yeah, well, Iggy, yeah. The game plan was let Iggy shoot threes, and he started hitting the threes and sunk us.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, um. absolutely. I mean, Colin, do you think who who do you see on that team? Who do you let shoot? I guess is the question.
0: Um, well, I I don't know. This is maybe it's probably based off recency bias, but I, I like. It seems like OKC has done this a little bit with with Draymond, and I feel like it it works and it, it can totally with everything with the Warriors. What you do can blow up in your face because you're at the end of the day you're letting like a good player rather than a great player try and beat you. But I like the games when uh, Draymond is asked to do a little bit too much. When you, when you put it on Draymond to really put a lot of pressure on him to, to make the right passes and, and also to, to shoot more threes than he probably should um, I think that that might be able to work but um, they're such a game to game they're such a difficult team
1: Yeah I'd agree with you and the other thing that's hurt Gra- Draymond is this uh, this one more tack or one more flagrant and he's suspended and i think he's a guy that benefits from you know mentally playing right on the edge of you know acceptable behavior for a uh, for a person in society let alone in a basketball game but uh he like that one game where he's just mean mugging in stephen adams face the entire way down the court or uh and his Cantor's face or Serjaka's face was like, how how does he not get another technical here? But I think being right on the edge of that is kind of uh, taking him away from his game a little bit, uh, which is being hyper annoying. So, I mean, almost as annoying as this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel looks. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. I the guy that scares me. Is, isn't even Steph, because I don't feel like Steph's been the same since the knee injury, but the fact that they have two guys that can just at any given time get insanely hot from three, and unlike J.R. Smith, when that's happening, they find those guys and they, they keep feeding them, it, it just makes that team so difficult to beat, uh, especially when they're just unconscious about doing that, and the other thing you have to have to do to beat them is rebound. Unfortunately, I think, and I think that's one of the reasons the Thunder have hung in so much against them, and I think that's an advantage the Cavs have. But if they are not rebounding those misses, and if you're giving the uh, sorry the Warriors second opportunities, there you're just you've lost already. It's it's not going to happen. And another thing, so the other thing I wanted to ask you about uh, the coaching matchup. Do you think? Uh, Tyloo, can what are your impressions of Tylo's so far this playoffs, uh, Colin? I
0: I think he's done he's done well. I, I like um, I like that he seems to be given a lot of license to actually make decisions. Unlike Blatt, it seemed like <laughs> Blatt, they sort of ignored a lot of sort of changes that he he tried to institute um, I. I don't know. It's, it's weird, because I, I do feel like the Cavs... Kerr is, is very good at making changes within a series. I feel like the Cavs just kind of have their strategy, and it, it works or it doesn't. Um, and I don't think that's Ty Lue's fault, necessarily. I think that's just sort of the construction of the team, um, is if, you know, if, if Kevin Love isn't hitting open threes, or, or if JR isn't hitting open threes, or, or Kyrie's not finishing around the rim, they're just kind of screwed. Uh, there's, not, there's not a lot that you can do about that.
1: Yeah, there's certain guys there's only so many, so many lovers you can deal with, especially like and he seems to be reluctant of late uh, to go to Delhi for longer stretches, especially as Delhi's three-point shooting has fallen off. and even though LeBron seems to play better with Delhi, especially off the ball, uh Lu doesn't seem to want to give him more than 15 minutes in a game. And I'm not sure he trusts him that much. Uh, the other
0: thing—Are is... Are we sure he shouldn't be taking some of Schumpert's minutes? Who, Delhi?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I, he has taken. I think if he yeah. weren't taking some of Schumpert's minutes, he'd be getting even less, even fewer minutes. Right. Yeah. But uh, and Jr. Smith's been so good. Kyrie, when he is on and when he's engaged on defense, is good. Uh, you still have to hide him on defense at times. Uh, but. I mean, the one thing I, I've noticed about Ty Lu is I don't think he's at the point yet where he's great at in-game adjustments. He, he, he seems to have gotten a little better, you know, between the halves. But I think the really good NBA coaches can kind of spot a problem within two or three possessions and make an adjustment immediately. Uh, and I don't know if he's quite there yet. But I will say in terms of the team's attitude – and getting them to play together, and getting LeBron to kind of the place we've all wanted to see LeBron as a guy who talks about his teammates before he talks about himself. It, it, I've never seen a coach handle LeBron as deftly as, as Ty Lue has. And I think part of it is he's he has not babied him I guess is the term I, it, it's hard to describe but there seems to be a respect for LeBron the person more than LeBron the figure uh, from Ty Lu that other coaches haven't had uh, David have you seen have you seen that or am I just talking out of my bottom
2: no I mean <laughs> I think that's a valid point I also think the way <clears throat> um, Blatt was fired put Lue in a position of power Because the Cavs are going to look really dumb if they fire Lou or if they're not backing him 100% after making that decision. So Lou really, Lou doesn't have anything to lose, I don't think. And I also think he has just a great baseline relationship with LeBron. So it's like kind of one of those things like LeBron was probably coming to Lou and complaining about Black the whole time or like, I don't know, just voicing concerns. And Lou was able to be really sympathetic to it. And already on LeBron's good side, and kind of like sympathized with LeBron. So then, when he was promoted to coach, LeBron kind of just naturally wanted to share things with him and kind of use him as a sounding board. And he felt that Lou had his best interests in mind.
0: Colin, no, I I, I agree. It <laughs> it looks it looks like their their relationship. I, I mean you know you're, you're just reading body language and and press conference quotes you know on, this, on these kind of things who the hell knows the lack of
1: subtweets
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i guess yeah i guess with lebron's not not you know openly gaslighting his teammates that's a good sign um yeah no but it it, it seems the dynamic seems a lot like it was with spolstra in miami where I think LeBron's attitude was, well, in certain situations, I'm going to take the wheel because I'm LeBron James. But for the most part, uh, my coach is 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 the chief collaborator in this team. You know, it, it, he's an important part of everything.
1: Yeah, and it's they seem to treat each other as equals. And I don't remember another coach that LeBron treated as an equal. And maybe it's because he's never played with another player who played be- or another coach who played before but it certainly seems to have gotten everyone to buy in as we throw around the sports cliches but uh and and the Cavs team as a whole uh throughout this playoffs uh I don't know if you've been following the snapchat or the little Kev stuff uh Colin but uh, the Cavs team itself seems like a very likable engaged um fun group and and that i don't know if that was possible under coach blatt uh that there seemed to be a cloud hanging over the team a lot of the time so so maybe maybe that's part of it too i mean david do you enjoy watching this team off the court all the goofy little stuff we've been seeing
2: i mean it's better than having to read in the lebron sub tweets (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know. You just kind of. I expect it. Like, if the team's going to be great, then this is kind of what happens.
1: I, that's a, that's a very good point. I, I my personal favorite moment of this season was uh uh off season moment was uh, Shumpert and Kevin Love in uh in Matt, in Hodor t shirts. Uh, if you're if you're a Game of Thrones fan, uh, that was that that was very moving to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm assuming neither of you get that. So. No, I, I get I, that. I get the reference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, so, yeah, and I don't know. You guys are in a different location, and so it, it's a little different. But the adoption of the Cavs uh, by Northeast Ohioans has been really remarkable this year. And even more than I can remember in, like, the 2009 season, even last season, uh 2007 season it just feels like people are coming up and talk to me about basketball that i have never talked about to about basketball in my life and they are just all in on the calves and peop- the the way the conversation has evolved for just the average fan in the northeast ohio area amazes me i mean guys talking about Kyrie Irving driving them nuts because he doesn't play defense was a conversation I don't know if anybody in the any fan base in the NBA would have had you know five years ago, and so I feel like so many fans in this area are just super invested in the Cavs. Uh, they read all the different sites, they kind of involve themselves in the in the different uh, debates, and you, you know you've got the Twitter wars and the uh, I, I feel like. The fan universe is so much more connected than it used to be because of social media, and you know all these individual sites and talk radio picks up on that. And then there's the water cooler thing, and it just it just seems like there's a constant buzz about the Cavs, which is is real. my mother-in-law called me last week to ask me what time the Cavs game was on, and she hasn't watched a basketball game in probably in the 15 years i've been married to her daughter she hasn't watched a nba game if i haven't been sitting in front of the tv so so it's pretty amazing have you guys noticed any chatter any like in your regions i know colin
0: you're in illinois right yeah i'm in chicago with a bunch of really despondent (laughs) (laughs) fans.
1: this is pretty all that's going pretty much all that's
0: going on there yeah, I, I'm actually I'm very good friends with a few. Uh, cl- well, not Clevelanders; they're from Alliance, but okay. you know, outside, outside Cleveland. Um, just and, down the road uh, for me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so they're they're um, they seem pretty chipper. What, <laughs> what is the what is the vibe in the in the city? Is is there like a real sense that they're actually going to do this? I I think there is. I th- I think they feel like they have a legit chance.
1: Like last it's funny i feel like they have a they feel like they have a better chance than they did last year and a lot of that's health a lot of that's rest a lot of that's the team chemistry a lot of that's because golden state has looked mortal uh in these playoffs uh whereas in the regular season they looked unbeatable uh but it's definitely been a, a feeling like the Cavs have a chance and this is the year that the curse could definitely be lifted and plus I mean, there's the whole Believeland uh, thing that just came out on ESPN. And Northeast Ohio just has this amazing ability to renew their hope every year. And and I do not get it, but every fall, no matter how bad the Browns look on paper, people are like, this is the year the Browns are making the playoffs. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know where it comes from because it it is an inexhaustible wellspring of optimism, and I do not understand it when – it, but every year it happens. So, and, and I feel like this is the team, the city is channeling that, or the region is channeling that. So it, it, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, David, have you noticed anything in, in down south?
2: Uh, I'm in North Carolina, so it's just a lot of people who are like, oh, you have LeBron, like that's the reason your team's good. And just people aren't as into basketball here. But uh, if, if it's
1: not the Blue Devils? Or yeah, the, or, yeah. The, uh, or the tar North tar Carolina, yeah, North Carolina
2: and Blue Devils, and it's like I don't watch college at all. And then the few people I know that watch NBA are all it's like Kobe, Kobe type fans where they're like, oh, that guy scored like thirty five points. It doesn't matter how many shots. He
1: how had. amazing was Kobe's last game? And like, yeah, was, like trying to explain to him, like Steph basketball. Curry had
2: a better game that night, and they're like, no, he didn't. He scored more points. It's like, Why? <laughs> but even uh even some of my friends from home that aren't uh that in the basketball have been like texting me and they're like oh yeah like go Cavs." And it's like now now when i go like i'm coming back to cleveland for some of the games it's like i know all my friends even the people that aren't that into it are going to be watching the games at the bar
1: yeah and we're we're hoping <laughs> that maybe we can set up a uh some kind of uh a meetup for Cavs fans so uh uh, or for Cavs a blog fan, so, you know, stay tuned, listeners. But, yeah, it, I mean, there's definitely a buzz. Uh, you know, Oklahoma City now down 11 with four minutes left. Uh, I hate to say it, but Tom looks like he was right. There was no way that it, it would take a very impressive comeback at this point for the Thunder to win. I mean, Golden State's basically got to do what the Thunder did uh, in game six to lose this game. So, with the
0: way they're playing right now, I, I also almost just shouted the words "Harrison Barnes dagger." <laughs> <You> did, <laughs> but uh, you he, did. he missed it, guys. There's no point three to put them up. The Harrison Barnes
1: dagger is really going to be the contract that some team tied, signs him to that will be a dagger on their roster for the next four or five years. I, I really enjoyed that piece you did on uh, on Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, better to be lucky than good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because he is the ultimate right place, right time player. I mean, one of the things that amazes me, if, if Draymond Green had waited a year to sign his contract, he might have made an extra $50 million. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's an unreasonable because I think he signed for like 16 million a year around. And, and, he he could he could easily have gotten a max contract from some team in in this off season. So it's it's gonna be crazy. Uh, and Harrison Barnes is you know we're all agreed somebody's gonna be crazy enough to offer him a max contract or near max. Do we all? I I think somebody's gonna be that
0: dumb. Oh, definitely. He's just, also just young enough. Yeah, exactly. I think I think people talk themselves into like, well, with some more touches and and in yeah. a couple of years he'll hit his prime. Like, no, and
1: I, I thought the Marvin Williams comparison was perfect. I mean, if you put Marvin Williams, young Marvin Williams, on this team, I don't think they're any different of a player. Uh, and the Marvin Williams we see now, I, I better. Like, is the ceiling for Harrison Barnes, but. I don't think he's ever a guy that you're gonna say, "Okay, I need a bucket. Go get me a bucket," with you know 15 seconds left in the game. I've I've never seen that in his game ever.
0: No, he's a he's a useful player, Um, and I just, I I mean, this is always dumb, but I I just feel like he just doesn't he doesn't sort of have that like heart of a champion thing. It's just kind of not in him. I don't think he's like super super competitive. Um, and there's just something I, I kind of like shaky he, about him at big moments.
1: I, I feel like he's much more and, and I get that a little bit from Kevin Love too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's much more about endorsements and brand than he is about, you know, just win it all because. I mean, you say what you ought about Russell Westbrook, but you can watch that guy play for you know fifteen minutes and realize that guy absolutely hates to lose, hates to lose. He wants to be the best player on the court every single play, not just every single game. You know, he every single play is a test of his manhood, it seems like. And if, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I feel like we see Kevin Love and uh, Harrison Barnes.
0: Well, Harrison Barnes also has been doing this since he was like seventeen. Yeah. You know, what, wanted to be wanted to be a businessman, which I, I, in, in some respect, like I I, I respect that, and it, it's it's good that you know professional athletes have kind of woken up to you know, I'm going to max out my, the, the potential value of my labor and whatnot. Like, I, you know, know, I, think I mean, that's great, you know, but it's, it's also be making
1: the money, them or the billionaires. I, I agree exactly. with
0: you. Yeah. It, but it's, it's also, it's, it's alienating and, uh, also maybe put together a good season before you worry about being an international right, exactly. superstar. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, any, any final thoughts, David, on, uh, on Harrison Barnes and kind of the who are the who so who do you think is going to get the most insanely out of whack contract this offseason David
2: oh it's putting me on the spot it's white Wait. side the answer is white oh side. yeah that is it is going to be white side I'm, my Harrison Barnes comment is he's just like exceedingly above average
1: what what Colin you don't believe in an injury prone super tall center with an attitude problem when has that ever bitten a team in the butt
0: i i actually i like Whiteside. he's a good player but just like oh my god at the money that he's gonna get signed for yes. no way
2: the, the thing with Whiteside though is you like watch him and how he plays basketball is just stupid and like <laughs> he could be so good if he would just listen to a coach like, it,
1: like give me an example
2: like, I could probably... If I could get past an NBA wing defender, I could dribble into the paint and then pump fake once and then pass the ball to someone because Whiteside's even his feet right away.
1: Oh, so he's got, like, that Serge Ibaka, I'm always going for the block syndrome? Yeah,
2: and it's just so stupid. Like, Charlotte totally exploited it. Kemba Walker killed him with that, just getting into the paint and passing around him.
1: And, and, and it, I feel like so much of that is, is what <clears throat> Colin just talked about, is you see these NBA GMs and they looked at shot block stats. So it's like, I, whether or not it makes me a better defender or not, I've got to, I've got to absolutely maximize my shot block stats. Like I've got to go (laughs) for these ridiculous shot blocks all the time. And you saw that with Serge Ibaka, those, that year he was defensive player of the year. And he's kind of reined that in recently in the last couple of years, but I, I totally know what you're saying. But it, it, in some ways, I don't blame him at all.
2: is a much better pick-and-roll defender. That's the other thing about Whiteside. He's not very good at covering pick-and-rolls. No,
1: like, he's not. And all and he that, can really do is retreat and hope for the block.
2: Yeah. Like, a team... He would be interesting to see uh, on the Mavericks, because Carlisle's so smart with using, like... And he'd be Tyson nice Chandler. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just, it, but just on just the other hand, I feel like just... <laughs> at some point, like... Rick Carlisle might like, just hit him upside the head with a cricket bat.
0: You know? yeah, the, well, the other thing is that Tyson Chandler is an extremely bright and and coachable guy. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. sort of he's sort of the opposite of Whiteside in that respect. Yeah. White,
1: Whiteside does not, and and I'm I'm trying to be polite here, does not seem like the most cerebral guy. He he seems like, um, he seem a he seems very angry, uh, when, whenever he's on the court, like. very competitive but without uh but not calculating I guess to be
0: fair it does make him really fun to watch because he just wants to do cool stuff all the time yeah but it makes him it sort of limits his uses he's like
1: good earth JaVale McGee
0: right yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so I mean yeah I I could definitely see him being getting DeMar DeRozan to me, just seems absolutely destined to get a max contract from the Lakers and be an absolute thorn in uh, Luke Walton's side for the next four or five years, you know, taking a million mid-range shots and and leading the Lakers to at most 47 wins. I mean, I, I he just seems so destined to get a max contract and be very mediocre to me. I, no, I
2: don't, I, I don't disagree with that.
1: <laughs> so, what
2: what do you think? Like a guy like Horford's going to be able to get? Ugh.
1: Somebody's going to overpay Horford, and then his body's going to give out on him. I mean, he's already thirty-one, right?
2: Uh,
0: thirty-one he's with some mileage.
1: Yeah, I mean, thirty-one with a lot of. I guess he's twenty-nine. He'll be thirty on June third, so I guess a year under that. But I feel like. He's got two good years left, and then it's you know you got to put him out to pasture. I I wouldn't give him any longer than a two year contract, but he's going to want a four year contract. So it's like, does a team like the Celtics, who are desperate for a big man, w- will they pay that? I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, are they going to roll with the three headed the three headed monster of? Olenek and uh, Sullinger and, uh, oh, what's his name from Ohio State? Sullinger. Sullinger, yeah. I mean, just a team that's never going to win anything. Although I I feel like Olenek is, if you actually look at his stats, he was very effective last year in a a plus-minus capacity. And I feel like if they just went just – Absolute sold out to small ball and playing a three point shooting center that a Linux would could be effective in that role. Like, you know, a new version of Channing Fry, but that's the only way that he would ever be any good. I don't know. I, I, I think we've kinda gotten off
2: the rails here. So uh, Wait, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I found the guy. It's gonna be Bradley Beale. Oh yeah. I didn't re- I didn't even realize
1: he was Bradley Beal, on the or as I like to call him, this generation's Josh Gordon. Is it Josh Gordon <laughs> or Eric Gordon? This generation's... Eric, Eric Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, there you go. Like he just seems destined to get that knee injury if he hasn't already gotten it, and be very mediocre for the next you know five years. I, and, and I, you know, I hate to through
0: through really no fault of his own. No, just I, his I agree. Body betraying him.
1: Yeah. So um, kind of <laughs> wrapping this up a little bit, uh, because the podcast starting to get a little long in the tooth, um, what are you most looking forward to about the finals, uh, Colin, as, as a Cavs um, fan and also as just a basketball fan in general?
0: Well, I, we really I feel like we got robbed of something last year. Um, when I thought uh, the Warriors weren't quite as good as they were this year, we, who knows if they're going to go through here? I, I think they are. But um, uh, I thought, you know, the Warriors were the best team in the league and that the Cavs, but that the Cavs had a, a really nice shot. Um, and we just didn't, we didn't get to see them be able to take that shot and and lebron was incredible but i I think after after about like game four or five we were kind of like well Well, after the delhi
1: dehydration game it just seemed over yeah like they Um, had nothing left to give and they they had no more options at guard
0: yeah and so they've they've got uh you know sort of all the bullets in the chamber um and they've got the addition to channing fry who uh like future Hall of Famer Channing Fry, I guess. Uh, he's just where did he deadly. come from? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Well, the one the one thing was I remember it was all off season. Everyone was talking about why doesn't someone just steal Channing Fry from the from Orlando like some contender? And then he got traded at the trade deadline, and everyone was like, oh, "Well, you know, washed up big guy who can shoot." Well, here. and he like, was it so won't make a big difference. not good I mean, on
1: that team. I mean, not. He wasn't even bad. He was just so average. And, yeah, and he
0: Well, he's a classic guy also who would be really useful on a good team. You right. know, but he, he needs really good teammates.
1: Right. And also I gotta think that he was a guy that just probably hated playing with Scott for Scott Skiles. Uh, Scott Skiles, not a player's coach, kind of a guy that Yells and screams and... Oh, well, we're Warriors. playing Warriors, by the way. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Cavs, Warriors, in the finals. Yeah. Uh, OKC down seven. Uh, they just fouled. They yeah, they just fouled Steph Curry. Uh, with them. Oh, wow, they didn't foul Steph Curry. They just let him dribble around forever and he hit a three and the game is over. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> Warriors, Cavs. <laughs> So what are you least excited about seeing in the finals, Colin?
0: Oh, God. I it, it, I agree with David that, that uh, Steph and Clay need to play well in order for the, the Warriors to do well. But, like, more than that, they can also just, one of them can just assassinate you, just score 45 points in a game, uh, and, and, and win a game by themselves. And that's just... There's nothing. There's nothing worse than that when when you're a team that's playing the Warriors well, and then they just sort of activate that cheat code where where either Steph or Clay just starts bombing twenty eight footers and you can't do anything about it. They're just better than you are. Yes, um, it's incredibly aggravating as as you know if you're if you're rooting for the team that, that the Warriors are waxing.
1: Yeah, and I've i you know I've, I've yelled at the TV a million times like, why don't you foul? Steph Curry when he's driving, why don't you make him a drive? Why do you let him get that step back on you? But it's like it's he's so quick, and he just needs that millimeter of space. So yeah, I I know exactly what you mean.
0: I mean, did was there anything more you wanted to add to that? Sorry. No, no, I just uh, oh man, I really thought that they were going to get OKC, and I I I think that they would have been. I would have made them like slight favorites for that series. Um, against the Warriors, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but like I said, they do they do have they have everything, everyone's healthy, most everyone's playing pretty well. Um, so they they're gonna have a shot,
1: yeah. No, I agree with you. And the one thing I do like, uh, does anybody know when game one is?
2: It's gonna be Thursday,
1: yeah. I I, I do like that the Cavs got a lot of rest, but I feel like what is that, four days. I I feel like that's the Warriors are young enough. That's plenty of rest for them. It, I don't feel like the Warriors are going to be, uh, like Toronto was last series where they just came off a one game rest and they're exhausted. I, I, the Warriors will have plenty of rest. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not thrilled about the
2: prospect. But
1: what about you, David? Uh, what are you most excited about going into the finals?
2: Um, I know it's a. It's a rematch, and the Cavs do have a really good chance here. Just no injuries. Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to be excited to watch the Draymond like, flagrant or technical watch because you can bet Black's going to throw, like, he's going to throw Dele on him at a stupid moment or just do, like, weird stuff to get him to pick up that that tech.
1: Yeah, and the Cavs fans maybe try and bait him into that tech.
2: Yeah, he's going to get it. And if he doesn't, if he plays reserve the whole series, that's great for us.
0: No. Does I, it, I, wait. Does a does a tech count against your flagrant point count, or is it just flagrant? I think if he gets a tech, he's he misses a
1: flagrant a game. or a tech. And I, I, from what I understand, he's suspended it on the next flagrant or tech.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's probably going to happen then at some point. Well,
2: the, or he doesn't get it, and he just plays really passive. Which
0: or is even the better. refs are just going to
2: bend over backwards not to
1: give him a tech. <laughs> but.
2: I, I, I don't know. Draymond can't.
0: He's such a shady player at this point. Yeah, he'd actually be. He'd be better off just playing his game and let come what may, rather right. than trying to, trying to throttle it down. I agree yeah. with you. And and maybe just you know.
1: Maybe just you know what he should have done. Should have just taken the tech at the end of this game and just like tried to get it out of the way for game one. <laughs>
2: it, I, I guess I'm excited to see kind of the lineup matchups because like the Cavs kind of weird lineup where. So yeah, now at.
1: we can, we can talk about lineups a little bit. So who, where do you put Kyrie Irving, David?
2: Um. <sighs> That's a hard one. I guess I would probably put Kyrie, maybe Harrison Barnes, but I might give him a chance on Steph Curry because last year he played Steph Curry pretty good. And Kyrie seems like one of those guys where if it's a big spotlight, he'll step it up a little bit.
1: I'll agree with you there. Um, yeah. I just worry about them running him off multiple picks and him just getting lost. Well,. But... I mean, but about, I, I feel like you have to start that way
2: anyway. Yeah, I worry about that, but I think the Cavs are going to probably go to that that Channing Fry at the five lineup, like okay. pretty quickly, and they manage the pick and rolls fairly well.
1: Like, you, like you feel like Tristan Thompson's going to just match, um, Andrew Bogut's minutes.
2: Um. Yeah, probably Andrew Bogut's gets minutes, and then if the Cavs are, if it's really close at the end, and the Cavs are kind of running that LeBron's going to iso, and then everyone else is just going to play crazy defense lineup.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I feel like we're going to see Tristan Thompson going to be more effective this series. He doesn't have to check Bismack Biombo. I feel like he can be really effective on the offensive boards because draymond green and likes to help so much and harrison barnes can't keep him off the boards and he's a much better switching defender than channing fry but of course channing fry is a much better shooter um yeah i I think the the matchups are going to be fascinating it's going to be a chess match the whole series i mean do you put jr on clay thompson do you roll with shump do you throw lebron out there lebron not a great off the ball defender um, that that's going to be a chess match as well. And then how do the Warriors guard J.R. Smith, who's been red hot and who plays LeBron and who plays Kevin Love. So it, it, it is going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, kind of what I'm most looking forward to is the Cavs, yeah, just the city of Cleveland going nuts, having a shot at a championship. Um,
0: and also some real, like, you know, you can really take down the king here. What do you mean? Well, they, they can take down the best regular season team of all time. Oh, yeah.
1: absolutely, yeah. I, I guess I 10%. said the king of – I
0: guess that probably means LeBron. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's what – <laughs> <about. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean it's a it's a chance to topple a giant for sure. And, and how many times has LeBron been the underdog? Which in a way he's got to relish a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's also – I mean – we saw it in this uh, this OKC series where uh, Russ Westbrook just like Steph Curry, like I'm 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 just better than you, uh, and I think LeBron kind of feels the same way. I, think Le- I, I would agree with you. Is, oh, I, I have a, I have a a a LeBron for MVP hot take that really doesn't hold up, but it's a nice thing to trot out at bars at you know one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. Uh, just to kind of anger people, I used to uh, do
1: that with Kawhi Leonard before he disappeared in the Thunder series.
0: Here's well, here's my my main problem with the the MVP thing is obviously Steph Curry is the MVP. Really, the first and uh, not unanimous one. Really, <laughs> it has to be this Steph Curry season. Like, it n- be. the best was
1: the 72 win Jordan season. <laughs> he was not unanimous MVP. Like some curmudgeon hated him so much that he didn't vote for him. <laughs>
0: Oh God! Yeah, just it, it. The Steph Curry love sort of angers me to some extent. Oh, it's it, it such becomes, a, he's a really really great player.
1: But yeah, it's so. just the preening on the court that drives me insane. He might almost, have the yeah, most yeah. annoying like mannerisms on the court of anybody I've ever watched.
2: like sorry. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there's some way millennials can be brought in the conversation. Oh yeah, it's a
0: millennial <laughs> like, thing. Yeah, yeah I, I've described what he does on the court as uh, as youth pastor swag, which I <laughs> do, do not. <laughs> because <it's kind> of-
1: <laughs> Absolutely,
0: <laughs> youth <laughs> pastor swag.
1: <laughs> uh, I am holier than thou. <laughs> Check out my Christian rock guitar solo that <laughs> on my acoustic guitar. Yes, that that is exactly you. You have nailed it. Uh, yeah, and kind of what I am least looking forward to is I saw it towards the end. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, went for a drive, just got absolutely hammered. No call. The other end of the court, Draymond Green, fullback lead screen, just takes out, I think it was uh, Westbrook, and, you know, Curry hits a three. I am not excited about watching the officials watching the paint dry. I feel like the officials, uh, you know, refereeing against the Warriors, they get as in awe as a lot of the fans, and they, they miss a lot. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the jersey grabbing uh, that we saw all last year by you know Draymond Green on Tristan Thompson and LeBron, and the moving screens that don't get called, and you know the double standard. So I'm hoping that we get an evenly officiated series. I felt I've said a lot on this podcast that it feels like Adam Silver has bent over backwards to avoid you know letting officials dictate the series uh avoid guys getting suspensions just kind of a let them play mantra and i i just want to hope that the series is called both ways and if there's a lot of physicality from the warriors that the Cavs at least match that physicality and don't get hosed by the refs but i i don't have a lot of faith uh from what i've seen of the way that golden state gets officiated at times
0: I feel like this is good that we're building in excuses for the. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm not an this is just anger on my.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tom has texted me. He goes, "I'm already. I'm mentally preparing for a gentleman's sweep. what... <laughs> 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 um, by the Warriors, <laughs> so t- Tom thinks this is the greatest team in the history of the NBA. So, and this what? is their chance to prove
2: it. So, uh, I think the Cavs could totally if. They wanted to be more physical than the Warriors. They could. Definitely. Every player on the Cavs is more physical than them. Except, uh, Kevin would, Love, except for Kyrie. And, and Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Love. Kevin Love, Draymond Green thing doesn't match up. I think Tristan Thompson probably has a crazy streak to it We just haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Any, anyone that's into offensive rebounding is weird.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. a weird breed.
1: Yeah, and that... Yeah, because nobody
2: ever runs place for him. So, and then Daly could spear Stephen Curry or something spear crazy.
1: Spear him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we need. We need a spearing. Well, and I, Dumb. I I will say, and I'm, I'm not rooting for injury here, but a Warriors <laughs> <laughs> injury, I'm not. It would be Karmic, given the biggest uncalled foul yes. in the NBA last year was – Clay Thompson taking out Kyrie's knee in overtime of Game One, which is the worst uncalled foul I've ever seen, where he just kind of just knees him right in the side of his knee, and I'm still I'm I'm still bitter. So,
0: no, yeah. I, I I feel for you. I uh, my friend uh, was away on his on his honeymoon. He was in Italy for like the first uh, week and a half or so of the playoffs, and uh, staff had, had had tweaked his knee, and. Uh, and I, I sent him, like, a, a recap of sort of what had been going on in the playoffs. And, like, the Steph Curry paragraph was just like, listen, Clay, we're we're friends here. I hope he loses the leg. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they
1: have the empathy. <laughs> <laughs> like, no pain, just, you know, just the ghost pain of a lost limb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what to make this series. I feel like we're going to get... I can't wait for the crazy little storylines, like the s- stupid, ridiculous things that always get blown out of whack in the finals. Like, uh, And we didn't really have that last year because the storylines were so stark. I mean, Kyrie Irving's knee was so serious that it, it kind of overshadowed the rest of the series. And you had Kevin Love was out. And then... And there was an interesting... I heard some of the... Warriors Brass was actually disappointed that Kyrie got hurt because they felt like the Cavs were better when you saw LeBron and the Grit squad than then when Kyrie played, but I just felt like the Cavs didn't have enough bodies without Kyrie. So I, I'm just I'm excited about all the stupid little final storylines and how everything gets blown out of proportion. And then at the post game press conferences with the uh with the reporters from China and, you know, barely understanding the language and, and all the crazy outfits in the final. So it, it's going to be a fun ride. I, and I, and I hope the Cavs, I, I hope they are at least like Rocky and they can go the distance. <laughs> you know, you
2: think LeBron breaks out the headband?
1: Oh, that's, that's, what are the odds on that? What do you, what do you think? Is that like,
2: that's gotta be posted. I'm gonna look that up. Two
1: to one. <laughs> <What is it? laughs> yeah i think they're they're no i don't think lebron will bring out the head man i think he's he's all business now
0: yeah he's very committed to this like i'm a grown-up and i'm gonna own my terrible hairline kind of thing my terrible
1: ever-changing hairline sort of (laughs) like did i get plugs this week or not he's not living the lie anymore (laughs) well until the next movie comes along until until we start shooting for space jam 2
0: i remember talking to one of my friends about this and he was just saying that like this is proof that like you just we can't fix hair if it's bad (laughs) enough because like lebron could just give someone like three million dollars and just be like fix my hair and apparently that's impossible the science is not there
1: (laughs) we cannot cure the common cold and we cannot cure baldness it just hasn't happened Yes. So, uh, any any parting shots, Colin? Anything you want to pitch? Anything you're excited about the finals? Anything you want to say?
0: No. I just I just hope it's a. Um, we've had kind of the the flighty Cavs for well almost two years now. Yeah. Uh, but we've really seen them lock down. I, I actually I thought they locked down quite a bit in the last playoffs too, and and they just lost too many bodies. But yeah, I just hope that they 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 don't give away any games and they just give it their all. And if they do that, I mean, there's definitely a shot. This team is very talented. They're just not as good as the Warriors.
1: I, I, I'm i not ready to say they're not as good as the Warriors. I feel like, I feel like the Warriors just get insanely hot and they're, they're so hard to stop when they get on a roll.
0: Yeah, it's and just it's you almost like there's no their margin hotness for error like, against them. Their hotness is like a like a permanent condition. You know, yeah. at some point it's not it's not hotness, it's just like yeah. it's just skill, it's what they are.
1: I, I feel like the Cavs can't just give away games like they did those two against the Raptors, but I felt like they knew they could give those two away. So I, I feel like the Cavs will win if they are in every game. And, and they don't give games away and Kyrie competes and it... I feel like peak calves can hang with peak warriors, but peak warriors, we see them more often than we see peak calves. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Uh, any, anything else you want to pitch? Any uh, writing you got coming up, or any any articles you want anybody to check out?
0: Uh, I mean, I'll probably be doing some finals writing, um, for uh, RealGM.com, okay. and I'll probably do a piece or two for Vice at some point. Okay. So, well, I'll make be... sure
1: you send them our way so that we can uh, we can hype them. So, of, of course course, they are always on your Twitter feed. At yeah, Mcgallen.
0: Yeah, Is that I, CS at CS underscore Mcgallen. Oh, okay. And but uh, yeah, I I throw out all my stuff there <laughs> a couple times a day. <laughs>
1: I've I've noticed. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's fun hey, out here. If I uh, if I was as prolific as you, I would as well. Uh, David, anything you want to pitch? Any uh, final thoughts?
2: Uh, no, I mean I'll give my prediction for the series. I think Cavs are going to either win it four one or lose four or lose like four two.
1: So four two, that would be Golden State wins in Cleveland in Game Six again.
0: Yeah. That's like, that would be the Cleveland but thing to four happen. One. That is literally the text I just got from my Cavs fan, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Cavs are going to lose in six games again, aren't they? Yeah. I am gonna, f- I'm going to pick four. Cavs in six.
1: <clears throat> Cavs in six, I'm picking them. So I
2: just I probably
1: just jinxed them. But Cavs I'm, I'm
2: predicting 4-1, that's what I think happens. 4-1, four four Cavs, 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 yeah, Cavs, Cavs
1: four shock one. the... Uh, Cavs shock the uh, Warriors in in Golden
2: State, and I'm gonna say Draymond doesn't play Game Five. Oh, okay.
1: Draymond gets suspended from Game Five, and the Cavs win. Yeah, that would that would be a fun storyline. I-, I would enjoy the heck out of that. <laughs> that's really
0: that's that's a fantastic scenario. <laughs>
1: that, that that would be uh, that would be karmically uh, enjoyable. Well, anyway. Thanks, everyone, for uh, listening, and uh, as always, and thanks, uh, Colin McGowan, for being here, and David Wood, and as always, go Cavs.
2: Go Cavs.
0: Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger.
1: There's a fire Lost your home. your
2: partner
0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code program.